With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get ready for success. Leadership Strategies for Women is a show dedicated to providing practical and valuable strategies for emerging women leaders of today. It's your time to get inspired, motivated, and challenged to achieve your vision for success. And now, here's leadership speaker and coach, Ellie Nieves. This is the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast, and I'm your host, Ellie Nieves. I'm the founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women, where I develop seminars and webinars to help high-achieving women to show up, speak up, and step up in their careers. To learn more, please visit my website at leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com, or you can follow the Leadership Strategies for Women page on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Here to talk to us today about women shattering the limits is Lisa Wicker, PhD. Dr. Wicker is a human capital strategist and employee engagement expert. She was voted one of the most successful businesswomen in Detroit by the Detroit News and one of Charlotte Mecklenburg's top 50 most influential women. She is the founder of three organizations, including a charitable organization focused on helping youth to create winning futures. Black Enterprise Magazine named her as a top executive in diversity and Uptown Professional Magazine named her to the list of America's top 100 executives. Dr. Wicker, welcome to the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. So Dr. Wicker, tell us something about your background that we haven't already learned. Wow. Well, I guess the first thing that I, I consider my primary role is that I am a wife, a mother, and a grandmother. And those things are important to me as I have matriculated through life and continue to do that. I realize all of that is what made me uh, have my career and had it uh, to be successful. I am also an author, as you know, uh, I love writing. It really um, settles me and gives me a chance to put my, my thoughts to pen and paper and to help others. And then I am passionate about women's leadership and the advancement of women, not only in corporate America, but as entrepreneurs, because I personally uh, took both tracks simultaneously before I think it was even popular to do that. I was doing it and uh, I want women to win. That's wonderful. And clearly, someone like myself, I'm following in your footsteps, right? Working yeah. as, a, as a lawyer by day, and then as a speaker and consultant by evening. So thank you for setting the ground and laying the foundation for women like me to follow. Yes, yes. And as you can see, I forgot to turn my phone off. So we'll just keep going. It'll okay, stop. Bus busy power women. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So Dr. Wicker, you are the author of a book. You just mentioned that. And the book is titled Capacity, yes. Women Shattering the Limits. What inspired you to write the book? Well, I mean, when I was working, I realized that I oftentimes was ready for, I felt the next role uh, to do uh, more than what I was being uh, asked to do. I just felt that my talents weren't being utilized. And because of that, um, I would hear and listen to my leaders who would often tell me, oh, you have so much potential, right? 
And one day I had this moment and this moment was, why are they talking about potential? I have the capacity to do it now and I want to do it now. And so I looked up the word potential and I'm thinking, okay, they're talking about the future. I'm talking about today. And so at that moment, I realized that uh, I wanted to write a book. Now, uh, fast forward, you think you want to write a book at that moment and you really don't know exactly why it was just put in my soul. And you know how that works for that desire to do something. So it kind of stirred there for a moment. Fast forward, um, about 10 years later, I wrote the book. So when we think we're ready, we're not quite always ready. You know, you have these moments where uh, you're, you're growing. And so um, God kind of said, you know, I want you to have some other experiences to really understand the breadth and depth of what capacity means. And um, then when the pandemic happened, I had the most time ever, <laughs> like all of us. And I just put pen to paper and started writing, you know, my thoughts about women taking their power back, their voice back and having the ability to be at the table, but their voice being heard at the table in those rooms where we're sometimes invisible. And so I talk about the capacity and the use of that and how you go about the steps and some of my DNA that got me where I was an officer and, and moved from an intern through my career uh, in corporate America to an officer. And it doesn't happen overnight. Yes, yes. Clearly aware of that. So what do you want readers to take away from the book? First of all, that they have what they need, right? in their hands, it's, it's there. And um, the magnitude of what they have in terms of power is so great that sometimes we get so busy being busy that we don't take the moment to recognize that we're not hunting for ants, we're hunting for elephants. And when we can understand that the target is big, then we'll keep a line of sight for what we're looking for instead of getting off track and being um, distracted by the minor things in life. This is about the goal of the there, there. And I want women to take away from this book that, which I've outlined, it's a seven step um, 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 manual or document for people to know step one through step seven, how to get there. And I lay it out for you. And if you follow the, the plan, there's no way that your action plan is not there and you have the ability to actually activate what's been given to you in terms of your destiny. Right. So you alluded to this earlier, but if you could uh, deep dive into it a little bit more, how did you learn about the topic of capacity? Um, from my experience, as I mentioned, uh, I would apply for positions. I started out my, my, my um, career as an intern at General Motors, one of the world's largest organizations. And I have to give credit where credit is due. I learned the, um, the magnitude of process, precisions, di diplomacy, leadership. Uh, I started on the factory floor as a supervisor at the age of 21. I was supervising 50 some odd people. And so I had no choice but to learn how to level up because those people had been there much longer than me and my education sure didn't matter to them. It was really about me respecting the process, respecting um, the people that were there and to learn from them. And so if I was going to actually uh, become a part of the culture, I had to really understand me, what I was capable of doing, but also being open to learn. And so when I started to learn that I had at that moment, uh, all I needed and had the idea that I could use what I had at that moment, 
I didn't realize then that I could use, but as I reflected back over time and I went from an intern to a supervisor, to a manager, to an executive, to, you know, um, an officer, all the, that lined up in terms of what I took to work every day. I did a hundred percent, sometimes more than a hundred percent. And when I realized that I had to not come to work and leave work the same way I came, which means I actually put my head first, like going into first base for, with a baseball. I had to go in every day, like I'm hitting the home run, right? And I did that. I did that. I, I don't know. Sometimes I question where I got that DNA because I grew up in um, the Mississippi Delta. And we can talk about that a little later. But I think the, the fact of the matter is that I did come from Mississippi and I had community around me that rallied the village that uh, assured my growth. And I was always told I could. In fact, my grandmother always told me, you don't use the word can't. It was always you can, you know. And so I think that spirit of, you know, I can was always there for me. And when, because I had that I can spirit, I used all 100% of what I was given on most days. Now, I'm not saying we're the same every day, but on most days, I, I felt like if I'm going in and it's all about um, one productivity and then all about making money and we all get the same 24 hours in a day and the same number of hours at work. I don't know why I can't be pulling in the same dollars and the same a level that other people are. Why are they different? And I always felt that nobody was any different than me and I should level up to what I wanted. So that was my attitude. That's great. I love that. And so many of us have to remember to do that is to show up with a level of intention in our day to day, because that will eventually lead to the future that we're seeking. Absolutely. I totally believe that instead of being victimized or thinking they're doing this to me. No, 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 no. I mean, we have choice. I love the word choice. I had to, I quit, to be honest, I quit three times at General Motors and they came back for me. Okay. I actually literally walked off the job three times. And I questioned later, where'd you get that gusto? Well, because I figured, well, either it's going to swim or I was going to drown one or the other. So I might as well just try. <laughs> so how is your book relevant today? It's relevant today because as you can see, uh, the conversation about women's uh, equity and equal pay, um, the fact that we've lost jobs as women in the during the pandemic, right? That women, you know, are expected to do um, the house, the, the superwoman, okay, men, syndrome and still um, be successful. My book is relevant because it's really saying to you, Take a step back, reflect on who you are, what's your story. I start this uh, book capacity with the fact that if you have not taken the time to understand who you are first, uh, there's no question that you're going to have a struggle getting to the bridge of where you want to be. So I start with what's your story? And I call it the cultural story. Culturally, where do you come from? Because what is there is your bridge and experience to your destiny. And we walk you through the process of the, the commitment that's going to be needed, right? How you convert what you have into an actual uh, North Star is what I call it, right? How do you get to that altitude? And it's relevant today because women um, have so much on their plate that sometimes we forget to take care of us, right? And, and, and if we don't take care of us, who will? And when we start to talk about allies and advocates, I am under the philosophy that you cannot simply ask for allies and advocates if you're not going to be the first ally and advocate for yourself. 
And when we start knowing that we're responsible first, as you say on the airplanes, you know, cover your face first before you try to take care of somebody else. That's what this book is about. What is your um, capacity to take care of 100% of what you need and so that you can give that away? Because this book is really not just about me, the woman. This book is about we're not in this for just us. In fact, we're not in it for us. Everything we work for is for somebody else. And so when you can give you away, you're really giving it to the world and you're wanting to leave a legacy of what you have to offer to make sure that you have what I call purpose to impact in this world. Being in a meeting, for example, and I can take it down to that level uh, and say, well, I didn't have you know, my voice wasn't heard, or I see the same thing in Jim over here said it and people recognize Jim before they recognize me. You know, all that's part of the playbook, right? But at the end of the day, when you start to understand that it's okay for Jim to say that, okay, because all you have to do is understand how to articulate. Thank you, Jim, for saying that so that everybody will understand what part of the conversation you were there for, whether they acknowledge you for that or not, they get that you said it first, right? And it's not about saying it first, because what you want to be able to do is have impact, impact. If you're just being busy, as I say, to be busy and nothing's sticking and you're just throwing darts, that's probably what you're going to get. I love that. Uh, and again, it's, it's, it's again about that intention. So I'm hearing that theme. It's such an important theme. I love it. Right. I love intentions. And what I say about intentions, uh, Ellie, is that um, I like intentions for part of the journey, because if you don't intend to do something, you probably won't do something. But you can't stop that because intentions are not actual goals. You have to translate those intentions to goals and make sure that you have an action plan for those goals. So we start out with intentions. Um, I could have intended to go to the store, but I didn't, right? Because I didn't convert that intention to an actual goal, right? And that goal was never accomplished. So I, I teach in the class, I have a masterclass, as a matter of fact, that goes with uh, the book is called Shatter the Limits Masterclass. And we are going into our third cohort. I got to tell you, uh, when people get a chance to bring this book to life with me personally, it's a whole new day because um, um, I, I challenge the women to make sure just what we're talking about, that the intentions in your mind and in your heart, it, if they're not on paper, <laughs> it, 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 there's a probability factor. <laughs> but if you put it on paper and you have an accountability man, person, first starting with yourself, being accountable yourself, and then having a manifestation partner, you're going to make it, right? So that's how I teach it. Wonderful. So here you are, Dr. Wicker, the success story. And we all know that getting to that successful place in your life is never easy. So what are some of the challenges that you face as you were striving to achieve your career goals? Wow. Well, I personally uh, reflect on the fact that I started in a male-dominated industry. And um, um, because of that, my struggle was tough. My struggle was tough because there weren't many women, particularly in automotive industry, and particularly I started in a foundry. So let's start there. I don't know if you know what a foundry is, but it is not uh, glamorous or sexy. And um, 
when I started, they had just begun the process of doing regular recruitments from college and getting college uh, men and women to come in. So my class that came in to General Motors that particular year, there were three women uh, that had been hired. And most of the women that were working in the factory were there as a result of having moved from the South to the North, as well as um, their husbands had gone to the service, you know, and they were still there. Most of them had like 30 years or so. So I was, I was coming into an environment where I didn't have anyone to look up to, like to see myself in positions that I wanted. And I had a male mentor, which is what I often say is wonderful, especially if you have an opportunity to, uh, to work with someone who can show you the, the ropes. But before Anita Hill, and I'll tell you, you know, I was there before Anita Hill, uh, there was some struggles, believe me. And I um, managed my way through because I knew that I had gone to college and had an education that no one could take from me. And I also recognized that I was not the one that was going to take uh, anything that was coming at me from a sexual standpoint or discrimination, harassment, all of that laying down. It was absolutely going to be a fight. And so I was uh, most uh, successful in managing my um, disposition and managing my ability to communicate and articulate when things were wrong, right? And so those were struggles for me because I didn't know, I didn't have anybody to go to. I, I didn't have any place to go in and vent other than to my white male mentor, but praise the Lord, he got it, right? He got it. And he opened doors and moved mountains for when those things occurred that I had um, uh, uh, trepidation with, I could share with him what had occurred and what was going on that he, he went to battle for me. And so those doors were, 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 were open for me to walk through and to be able to help the next young lady that came through. And so the struggle was um, even back when I, I majored in labor relations. So I was negotiating with the union. I was dealing with the UAW and, and, and uh, other unions at the time uh, as a supervisor in manufacturing. But what was most interesting is that um, I wanted to become a uh, what department leader in labor relations. And at that moment in General Motors, they required you to go on the floor first. So if you were going to learn anything about the business, you had to learn it the hard way, which I'm grateful for, because I can tell you how to put a car and truck together. But had I not done that, I, I don't think I would have succeeded the way I did. But I, I say this to you that the struggle was real in terms of uh, racial discrimination and, and, and um, harassment, but not to the degree that I didn't handle it. I handled it. It wasn't necessary for me to wait 10 years later or 15 years later. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. That's how people do it. But for me, it was that moment at those moments when things happened that I thought were uh, absolutely uh, um, not acceptable. I reported them. I did the things that I thought were necessary. And now in terms of pay, pay equity, certainly I learned how that worked because I eventually became um, uh, eligible to be in HR and to see salaries and to do all those things and become mature about how this all works, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, I would have thought by now that things would have changed and they haven't. In fact, they've gotten worse. 
in some ways. And so when I reflect on the early 80s and I think about now, I'm like, you know, this continuum and this discussion that we're having about equal pay is really about leadership. That's why you and I are talking about leadership. My philosophy is that I am about the business of advancing women's leadership because when a woman has the authority to make decisions, those, those decisions will include women, I believe, to the level that we're not talking about salaries. We're not talking about who's leading. We will be in those positions, right? So equity would come off the table about equal pay because we have women in those positions ensuring that we are equalizing pay based upon credentials and based upon you know people being in those positions. And so I, I just believe uh, my boss once, my mentor once told me, and, and I get so much out of this and I often teach it. I, I went into uh, his office and this was later years where I was already uh, progressing. I, I was um, at the first rung of leadership, right? Of an executive. And I said to this um, gentleman who had become really very um, prominent and had agreed to mentor me that I was ready for a promotion. And he says, well, why do you want this promotion? I said, well, because I'm ready. He said, but that's not an answer. He says, why do you want this promotion? And I said, well, I would like to be able to lead people. And, you know, I've done all I needed to do to progress. And so I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready now for this promotion. He said, but that's not an answer. So why don't we set up another meeting? And when you think you have the answer, get on my calendar and come back and talk with me about why you think you want this promotion. So I'm saying, okay, uh, I think I just told him. And he says, no, but you didn't. I said, okay. So I went back and I thought really hard for maybe a couple of weeks. I was anxious. You know how that goes, right? Because first of all, this guy was over the one or two or three factories. You know, he was giving me time and I'm like, I didn't even have the answer. You know, you're kind of beating yourself up. So I went back. I thought I had it. I said, well, the reason that I'm ready for this promotion is because I, you know, I've gotten the education. I've actually gotten the, the necessary um, skill set from the previous roles and at this juncture, I know that what I bring into the table will um, translate to this new position. And so I'm, I'm ready to, to lead people at the next level. It's, that's not the answer. And I'm, I'm sitting there like just totally like I couldn't believe that I didn't have the answer. He said, you know, the janitor could lead people after they've done so many things for so many years, they're ready to lead the next set of people. So what's the difference between you and that person that might be responsible for maintenance or janitorial facilities? And I said, well, um, <laughs> I don't have the answer. He said, no, you don't. He said, so if you don't have the answer and you don't know why you want to lead or be promoted, why would people promote you? And you know what? That stuck with me for so long that I teach that now to those that I mentor, to those that say, I want to go to HR, I want to come into HR, like, why? You, you need to know your why, right? And finally, he told me, he said, you know, <clears throat> it's really about you want the authority to be able to make decisions where people are influenced to follow you to the goal and vision that you have. And I said, I'm like, geez, and I never would have come <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I, I didn't think I'd ever come up with that answer, but he was so right. You know what I'm saying? That, that really it's about having the authority 
And that's why you and I do what we do because really want to teach women particularly um, that, that when they do have that authority, they can make decisions. That is so true. And you know, it's, it's, it's tough when you um, wanna help women uh, understand that leadership, that that's exactly what leadership is, right? Is being able to influence others. But for some reason, when I coach women, they often tell me that they have a hard time with the word leadership. Oh, really? Yes, they, they, they're more comfortable with the word influence. Oh. So sometimes I replace the word leadership with the word influence to make it oh. easier for them to digest. But the reality is, is that whenever we want to step into a role where we are helping others to also succeed and work towards a, a goal together, you are being a leader. Oh, absolutely. And, and even if you don't have anyone who reports to you, even if you're an individual contributor, when you leave a mark where you are, where you do something different, where you open a door for another, you're still being a leader. Yes. So I encourage women to embrace the term leadership, to embrace themselves as leaders yeah. and to not run from it because it's leadership that is it, that leaves the mark. It's leadership true. that creates that influence that they're so much that they so so long for. Yes, true. Absolutely. I, I believe it totally. And if if we get out here and we look at all the young uh, next generation, I say, you know, being influencers and starting these business, the thing I say most is if you foundationally, please get your leadership principles in order because you won't, you look back and nobody's following you. So until you understand that that's the foundation for moving to where you want to get it, 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 whether you're leading your family, whether you're leading your friend, whatever, it requires the ability to influence and to ensure that you get to where that vision is, is, is uh, targeted. Dr. Wicker, what is next for you? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm on my tour right now for the book Capacity. And uh, as you know, I am the publisher of a quarterly leadership magazine for women called Career Mastered. Uh, we are so uh, excited about its growth. Uh, we started in 2018, of course, with um, uh, launch parties in New York, Atlanta, um, Charlotte and Detroit. And since that time, we've expanded globally. So we're excited about what that has allowed us to do to tell her story. And uh, we annually host the Women's History Leadership Award. So my team and I are preparing for that. It's going to be in March. Uh, this year, we're going to do the hybrid model, of course, online and virtually in Charlotte. So the nominations for the awards have just been announced uh, on social media on the careermaster.com. And um, as well as we give scholarships uh, in the nonprofit arm of my business, which really is at the core of what um, my legacy is uh, designing uh, for my purpose walk here. That's what this business is about today. My mom passed in 2015 and she was that woman who believed in education and was able as a divorced mother of five to ensure that all five of us were educated. And we, we did well coming from um, the Mississippi Delta, I think very well. And in her name, we've given over $30,000 since 2015 to young women um, working to either start a business or a young woman that's on her way to college. That's wonderful. Wonderful. And just to make it clear for those who tune into the podcast after it's broadcast, you were referring to March of 2022. Yes, I am. Thank you very Great. much for that. Great. Yes. So that's so, what's on the horizon. Great. So, how can our listeners get in touch with you? 
Wow. Uh, several ways. DrLisaWicker.com. That's D-R-Lisa, L-I-S-A-W-I-C-K-E-R.com or CareerMastered with an ED.com. And I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, um, it, all of social media, uh, YouTube, all of that. And um, my office number is always there. But particularly if you do it by social media, it probably be quicker. Well, Dr. Wicker, thank you so much for taking the time today to educate our listeners on the importance of building capacity and how women leaders can shatter the limits. Thank you for having me. It was very nice being here. Great. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, God bless. Bye-bye. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.